Good evening, friends, and welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined once again by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How was your Monday? Uh, Monday is good. Coming in, you know, the uh, I, I still have weekends, so even with this uh, the COVID <laughs> thing, I, the weekends are when I don't have as normal, don't have work. A lot of my uh, work is more spread out. I mean, because I, I, you know, mm-hmm. I go stay. Was it wake up a little bit later? So instead of going at nine, I'll go at nine thirty. So, and then I'll take a nap. Let's say sometimes I'll take a nap, which I could never do at work. Power nap. Um, yeah, but yeah. but then you know I'll work later, and I'll my my employees right. will I see their timesheets. They're doing the same kind of thing, spread out hours within the day. So a lot of my week is feels to me like working, right? And right. then so the weekend comes and I don't have to do that. So I still have that weekend feeling, right? Mm, so that, sure, that's, sure. That's nice. Yeah, that's that's a little bit how my days are. I'm hourly, mm-hmm. so if I get a get an itch to to check on something or I want to you know cook something a little elaborate for lunch, I'll just take kind of a long lunch and then make up the time in the evening. It's just kind of kind of a little more spread out. Which we talked about this last week a little yeah. bit. we did have we did have kind of a busy weekend do you want to talk about that a little bit oh yeah um i i don't know what you did yesterday i personally so we record on monday so i'm talking about sunday uh we went over to the house um mm-hmm. i <laughs> was hoping we would be done and listing the house before this this time but uh we're up to lawn mowing time again. oh yeah right yes we are I'm... uh so i so i did that um it was you know, maybe it could have gone a little longer, but I only have a couple opportunities in the week. And so it really then came down to, am I going to do it today? Or am I going to hope that the weather cooperates on Wednesday, which is a whole, I mean, it's a whole thing normally for people in the Midwest, but it's been especially bad. Um, lately we've had like one, one day it was in the low seventies and then two, three days later it was, um, uh, Yes, they didn't use snow up there. So yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit, but you know, enough yeah, to enough to tick you off. I uh <laughs> kind of and it's yeah. gotta be worse for you because you're you're mowing lawn for not like actually your house. You're not like living over there where you can say, like, oh, this is my house outside. Yeah. I mean, that's always been kind of a kind of a thing. I don't um I don't do that with as much care as I could. Mm-hmm. You know, when I first bought the place, I had intended to use a, what they call a real mower. That's R-E-E-L. One of those, um, you know, it doesn't have a motor. It just has gears and, and the blades shear like scissors. Oh, okay. That's, um, I, oh, I think, wow. I think, I think I remember those from when I was a little kid. Yeah. Right. Or like um, a lot of Amish people How still use How big is your yard? Them. It's not very big. Okay. That seems like a lot um, of work. Well, yeah, it would be. That was part of the part of the appeal, kind of a little bit of a workout and okay, you know, okay. kind of a kind of an old school kind of well, it turned out that, you know, an old hundred year old house is a very rough lawn <laughs> and those mowers only really work if the lawn is very flat oh, yeah. and smooth. So did really work. Anyway, um it's I find a certain kind of satisfaction in doing it, in in getting it done and and looking at it, but not enough that I put a lot of care into it. Like I don't go around and pick up all the sticks and stuff beforehand. I'll just run over stuff Um, because there are no kids playing in that yard and 
uh, you yeah. know, it'll be fine. Yeah, la- last but year. Anyway, did that. Got some more. Got some more painting. Some more uh, caulk. We're cutting um, uh, the countertops. We're doing uh, butcher block wood countertops. Oh, nice. So so we've got those cut and um, and set. So those left to be finished and and attached and everything. Nice. But it's coming along. Yeah. Last uh, last year I bought. Uh, remember, if you remember, I bought a, a riding mower. A riding right. mower. So, yeah. so like mowing now is nothing. It's actually an entertainment time. It's, it's, I mean, I, <laughs> I always enjoyed mowing anyway. I mean, I, I kind of did anyway. It was just the, the loss of time that was the thing. And, and some of my mowing was mm-hmm. my yard is, is pretty straight, flat, and boring, and there's not a lot to do there. So it's just going up and down rows. Um, but, you know, podcast on and things and a little exercise and outdoor. Uh, but when you have to do it, like yep. when it gets this, our full on summer here, you're doing it three times a week, it's not the funnest all the time. Uh, but but now yeah. with the riding mower, it's it's nothing. It's a good time. It's like, hey, I'm going to go out there and spend 15 minutes getting the yard done, right? It's not long at all. Mm. Um, so um, it's starting to get where it's like twice a week now, especially with the, the spring growing. And and I don't mind it. I, I really don't mind getting on hop on that thing. And especially today, I went out and got gas. And that was even better because it's like $1.40 a gallon. Yeah, that's the whole thing, apparently. I don't... Uh... I don't follow the news too closely, but I have noticed the the few times I went out to the store uh, Saturday morning, um, and yeah, everything was yes. Yeah, so, the the gas is is very cheap. Somebody said to me the other day, it's like, oh man, this is this is when I when I go out and fill all my tanks, but now I don't drive anywhere, so I don't need to right. fill it up. That's that's funny how supply and demand works. <laughs> right, right. So, so I went out. I went out um, today to try and to deliver something into UPS, which was closed. But that's another story. Um, so I was out, and I knew that I needed gas for my lawnmower. So I went there and have the whole um, like I, I'm in I'm in my house right on our COVID topics. I'm in my house, so I don't go very many places at all. Like it's grocery store, and that's about it, right? And, um, yeah, so yeah. going to the, going out we're, is a, we're tech workers. We're, we're, while we're still working, we're working from home. We're not, you yeah. know, commuting. I am, I am definitely quarantine. Like that's for sure. And, and I, um, but so when I go out, it's kind of a thing, like, especially being an extrovert, I, it's, it's like invigorating almost like to go out. Mm. But I also am starting to get that like bubble boy syndrome thing where I'm out and I'm like, Oh, I don't want to touch anything. Cause like. I know I'm good and safe in my house. I don't worry about anything. I wash my hands like normal, but out here I'm like, oh my god, everything could waft some germs on me, type thing. Stupid. But yeah, but I go to the gas station the, and I'm the mode we're in, right? And I wear like winter gloves that I that I put on to hold the thing, mm. and then I put throw, <laughs> you know turn those inside out as I get done with it and throw them in the trunk so I can get home and wash them. Uh, but. Right. It's just, you know, you, you just don't notice some of these things. But anyway, yeah, I got I got gas for, for my car, my lawnmower, and uh, I'm going to go do that tomorrow. I love it. I love hearing the sound. I say that something about working at home is that I can hear the sound of people mowing all day, almost every day. So there's someone in the neighborhood mowing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a nice, you know, you get the cut grass smell and it's outdoorsy. It, mm-hmm. it has been okay since like Saturday, but as you mentioned, Indiana has been subarctic temperatures last week so yeah kind of up and down up and down all yeah. over the place well that was sunday and uh before that on saturday we did sort of our 
I don't really know what to call it. Like we did this thing we talked about a couple months ago that we're calling Fox Dencon, mm-hmm. um, which is when our buddy Fox uh, flies out to Bloomington and I drive down also. And this past year, I also brought Andrew and Sarah with me. Um, yeah, you didn't drive down this year, he, this this April. What the hell, man? No, no. Well, I mean, <laughs> you guys are not even driving across town to each other's houses. So, you know, uh, no point in that. Well, Fox was intending to do that again. He had plane tickets for this past weekend um, uh, back to Bloomington and, of course, canceled those mm-hmm. with, the, with the shelter in place happening. And so decided that instead we would do sort of remote uh uh party game times um and that helped me feel less bad about um you know staying here all day saturday while um i think dad went over and was working on uh duct work or something over at the house and i thought well if fox were coming into town i would have been gone all weekend you so know, that, that's at a, least this is just that's a conversation topic right there by the way dennis is that like I know we, we may have mentioned this though, that like you have a whole different thing than a lot of people is that before now the pressure that you have because of the shelter in place is that you have to like, not I don't, make excuses is a bad thing, but you have this whole different pressure of you have to spend time for people and j- kind of justify it that you didn't have before. Right. Like, Oh, I can't, I can't well, spend all the time with my friends because now you can spend all the time with your friends. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there, there is a little bit of that. Um, I don't know, you know, I'm sure there are other people who, you know, have, have families that maybe have to deal with that kind of stuff. I know that in our group, um, there are some people who are on for all of the activities all the time, mm-hmm. right? Whenever, whenever there's something, especially the first couple weeks, um, but as time went on, we saw that, like, some people are busy, it, some people are still working, you know, so the times don't work out for them. Um, it, you know, people are doing different things, which is fine. Yep. Like, we don't have to all play Terraria. <laughs> you know, a couple of guys can play uh, No Man's Sky while that's happening, and and all of that's fine. Um, some of that is just, uh, you know, different interests or different levels of social uh, need mm-hmm. right right but but also i i know that the there are people who um like our our buddy chris has has you know um uh what's the word i'm looking for not ducked out but like opted out of certain social online activities because he has stuff going on with his family right um you know his wife or or one of his kids or something so yeah, I, I, you know, I'm by no means unique in in that regard. The big, the big pressure for me is we're getting close to finishing the house, and so it's hard for me to really justify, you know, getting on to watch a movie or play a game um, when uh, there is progress that could be made, right. well, could be being made there. But there, there is, there is almost, almost always people online now. Right. There's always people seems to be available. That's like true. That's before true. there were t- times when we would plan to be online and do things that are available. Yeah. And then other, t- and so it's, it's not that at all. And I know that the feeling 
for people a lot of times, at least with our group is because we've centered around this discord thing. We have, there's, if I hop on and I, I get on a voice channel or I am doing a thing, it's like people will get on there. They'll see that now, and they will. That will be a thing that kind of happens, which is not something we had. Before. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the one of the big advantages um, to Discord. That is part of why I, you know, sort of spearheaded the move to Discord from GroupMe is that it has that now playing thing, and you can turn it off. But um, it's the same thing. Like the Blizzard Battle.net tools have that have that status indicator and so does steam if you're using games through steam but discord is this third party sort of thing where i wouldn't see if people were playing games unless they were on discord unless we sort of knew that people were going to play and so the only times that we played were if we specifically organized it or for a little while um zon and pete would do a a game on sunday nights i know you were part Mm -hmm. of that for a Mm -hmm. while um but yeah, now that we're using Discord for this sort of general chatter throughout the day, people are already on it. So unless they're doing something weird like uh, writing code for their Oculus headset all day <laughs> or um, or or playing games through a virtual device like Shadow or something, um, I can see when people are on a game. I can see when Pat gets on Terraria or Pete gets on No Man's Sky and I can make that decision to like... Should I pop in there? Should I load that game up and see? Uh, like, I know it Pete's in there. And it sort of, you know, it creates more of those opportunities, which for me helps um, helps alleviate that uh, what we call FOMO, fear of missing out, um, for when things are happening, right? Because things are happening always. Right. That's actually been my problem. And I'm I'm starting to reel back on it because I realized that, I can't be part of everything, but I feel I still have that that fear of missing out. That like, there's so much going on all the time, and people are on. Like, I can even know that like, I'll see our like I said our buddy Pete and and Ben. They'll get on it, and I'm like, oh, I I could be playing that because I like No Man's Sky and I, and I like the thing and I want to do that. But I feel like I'm missing out by not doing that, right? And and I I I've started to just last weekend. I had some buddies on Saturday, some other buddies who got online. Uh, friends of the show um mike pantinas and um bill and some other chicago mm-hmm. people indianapolis people who got on yeah. for a, a movie night thing and i i just did, i right. opted to not go to it and and i i did have a date that night and some other things i was doing with, with shelly but the the i the but the thing was that i i had to choose that like i don't have to be part of everything i know it feels yeah. like i'm i'm missing out <laughs> But I, I right. need to know. It's like um, uh, Merlin Man says, every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Right. And if if the if the thing, if the one thing, or if the thing you want to say yes to only happens once a week or once in a blue moon, it's like when we're trying to schedule D&D yeah. or Star Trek Adventures... Um, I'm like, well, I have a thing that I could do, but I don't want to make everyone else cancel just for that. Yeah. Um, so if, so if somebody else has a kind of thing that's like a half reason, then, then that's enough for us to, for us to cancel. But I don't want 
you know, I don't want the whole group to cancel because of me. And so if I know, you know, that at any time I could get on, you know, at like 9 or 10 p.m. when it's too late to be working over at the house anyway, that there will be people on doing stuff. I'm like, yeah, I don't need to. I don't need to get on at six just because that's when everybody else got off work and started hanging out. Like I can do other things and come on later and it's fine. Like, yes, I missed some of it, but Oh, well, like, yeah, that's like, it just, it's just learning and adapting to the new thing. I had, I, I got invited to a D and D group, weekly D and D group on Wednesdays last week. And, and mm. I was like, well, of course I want to play D and D, but I was like, it's Wednesday. <laughs> I can't, I can't do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, everything. You know, I just, I just can't mark right. off my days. So I, I had to decline, but I think that was a good step. That was a good step in this, this COVID world to say like, no, I know I'm available and I know I'm at home, but you know, I'm, I'm already, it's hard to say packed full, but I'm packed full. Right. I mean, I still have an eight hour work day, you know, and I, and I spend time with Sydney and we do stuff and things and, friends so yeah anyway that's it's a, it's a it's an interesting thing about you know it's the the fear of missing out versus the other social obligations that you still do have um i guess it's just real world stuff can you know convert it into a yeah, an, an yeah. online it's just, thing it's just time and scheduling it's the same as it's as it's yeah. always but been. now we're open to you know less regionally restricted we're not restricted to just being see each other in right, in, right. in person now that that's been taken off the table for us so um well we're we're here in our in our covid stuff uh in indiana they they have just um uh, announced another two weeks for for you know shelter in place for sure at least minimum mm. so mm-hmm. that's uh that's something that you know dennis and i are still going to be in, in our in our same situations with uh virtually for the next couple of weeks did you um I know we started toward this topic and then got derailed. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Saturday we played D and D. Oh yeah, right. Do yeah. you do you want to talk about that at all? Uh, we can talk a little, little bit. I mean, it's, it was fun. We we little, we, little, we ran uh, with our usual D and D group with Jill added, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did that. Yeah. Um, we we almost uh, Andrew expressed interest in playing, but I know uh, we said. I think you said you had tuned the encounter for five, and five is already enough. Five's so, already a lot. I uh, mean, he, he could yeah. he couldn't make. I, it, I ran. That, can you believe it or not? I ran that with nine. Geez. I know, right? I mean, yeah. I this was eight, I this eight, was but. notable. This was notable for me because I had not really played D anD D with you running. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know Fox and I came on remotely in the middle of your. Uh, Tiamat campaign right. to play some NPCs, but that was really, you know, we were remote and the rest of you were in the room. I think we spent most of the time in like private side conversations, talking to people uh, about stuff. I don't even really remember the details anymore, but I remember um, you guys were dragons. This was very right. We were dragons, part of a council, part of a. It and, was a very big role playing episode that we did, and we had you and Fox right. remote in and just role play since we didn't have to worry about technology and things. And we made a big role playing session. So that was a good way to do a thing. This time though, we didn't do a a heavy role playing day. We We didn't do that. that. And, and, and that, and that call in uh, thing Fox and I did was before we started the podcast. It was before you and I had talked about role playing and played Star Trek and all this stuff for all these months and 
couple of years now. But um, yeah, it was a a much more uh, dungeon crawl, combat focused yep, yep. Uh, kind of kind of session. Um, I played a basically leveled up version of the character I played in Fox's campaign, mm-hmm. which helped. I had had learned some of the the class abilities, and we we wrapped up uh, uh, Fox's thing, Goldfish job um just a week or two ago yep. and so the stuff was fresh in my mind i know we we have so much time between our play sessions that i forget how the rule you know i've in the group of the five of us i have the least experience with fifth edition and so i'm constantly like oh i can't do this i've got to i've got to do this and then this and then i'm rolling this, this new not new but copy of my old character for your thing and circle of the moon druids can use wild shape as a bonus action <laughs> and i'm like we did this whole combat last time where i'm sitting there going do i want a wild shape it burns my whole turn and i can't even do anything else except move and what's the point of moving if i can't attack afterwards mm. and like all that time i could have done right I'm like pat's playing a rogue doing like six things every turn and i'm like well i'm gonna shoot an arrow i guess <laughs> we we had uh um uh, i hadn't ran D D for many years since we closed that two and a half year campaign. And uh so I had almost thought that like most of my D D DMing days were behind me that I think of, mm. right? I, I mean I don't know, maybe, who knows, right? But nothing that I had thought about or planned for in the future. Um so yeah. when I got asked to do this when it was kind of one of those like with a with a bit of a apprehension because I've so much like school work going on at the time right now and, and then work, oh, yeah, work, yeah, work yeah. stuff. You're- and and I do I do I put a lot into it, like I put a lot into the D, to DMing for that time. So like I spent a lot of last week when we just talked about not doing things for, with social friends. The times that I put yeah. away not being with friends was doing D and D stuff, um, right? Be, and and also I was teaching a class, so that was the thing. Um, but mm. the um, but yeah, so I I had to spend, and that's one of the reasons I made it a choice to be very combat heavy on that one was because. All yeah, I had to do is remember less. things and didn't have to. When you do role playing stuff, you, there's so much more that you actually have to remember. Um, oh yeah, because you have to remember yeah, histories I, and full that's, bios. That's the kind of game I run, so I I definitely know. Yeah, what you're talking so about. So much. Like, what was this? What was this guy's name? And then then I end up breaking the immersion because I don't I don't remember. I'm like. I don't remember if this guy had a name. And then, of course, you guys all know that guy doesn't matter because he doesn't have a name. Right. Uh, and and also but, with, with role playing, a lot of that you blow through, you'll blow by. The players will just not even care. You'll you'll have every backstory for right. every person in the tavern and they'll go in there, get a drink Prepared and then a leave. bunch of stuff right. that ends up being used. So, and, so yeah. And did, did you say um, you've run this scenario before in your in your Tiamat campaign? I did. So so I knew I knew how the rooms worked. I knew all of the dungeon. I had the maps already mm-hmm. purchased and bought and laid out. So so I had to go back and I decided to upgrade it since this was going to be a combat heavy thing and, and I knew it was going to be kind of a dungeon crawl. Um, I decided to take advantage of some new technology, which the group was very kind enough to work with me through uh, using dynamic lighting and... Oh, right. Yeah, that was very cool when it worked. When it worked, right. And and when it, it didn't work well several years ago when we first no. tried it, and it's worked mm. better now, so it, it's coming along. For those listening, we use a platform called Roll20, which is uh, 
what, how do you describe World 20? It's a role-playing software, I think? Yeah, it's a, it's a web app for um, playing uh, tabletop role-playing games. It's in two dimensions. It's got layers and objects and tiles. Yeah. So, um, so we, it's gotten, I paid for the subscription to get the, to get the uh, dynamic lighting. That's probably the first time that I've ever experienced in all of my D and D world, uh, a real instance of players having sight, like true, yeah. true seeing things. Now, I don't know how it was for your character because you had the longest sight of anyone there. You could see far away and uh, <laughs> I was an elf druid. So I never like I could as a cantrip conjure light but i didn't need it it was for the benefit of the humans right in the party well, it's, that's but, funny right uh, like for the benefit that you never would have done that otherwise no right it's it it seems like the exact kind of thing that if you have technology to manage it for you it's it's doable it's like i don't know if we talked about um boy this is a whole rabbit trail topic but um <laughs> It's, but at it some point, cool. I have it thoughts and anecdotes cool, from, from when we played um, uh, uh, Neverwinter Nights. Mm, yeah. But but anyway, yeah, like I could move and see like the the app would literally show me what I could and couldn't see. I didn't have to like do, although it would glitch every once in a while and show me the whole map. So I did zoom in to not <laughs> right, you know, right, get yeah. spoilers. Yeah, we, we had some glitch tech issues, which was not great, but we would refresh and start things up. But right. yeah, we, well, I'll tell you what was, what was interesting. We had several times where we had two humans in the party. So most, a lot of the other people had, had night vision, uh, their races, mm-hmm. but we had two humans and they don't obviously have night vision. Um, they have other advantages, but that's not one of them. So we would have like, what was kind of the de facto leader of the party, which is our buddy Pat, who had been playing, and he was playing a paladin, mm-hmm. and he would right. charge forward and he would lead the party down a hallway, but he would say like, "I don't, I don't know what's happening. Something's broken here, guys. I don't see anything. I'm just seeing black <laughs> on my screen, and it's broken again." And we're like, "Well, you're walking down a hall that's completely pitch black with no torch and no things," and then everybody else was didn't think twice to tell him not to. Because they could see down the hallway just fine. Right. It's a little bit of that kind of like, um, well, just, just you know, plausibility sort of thing. You're like, well, you didn't say the thing. And you're like, well, okay. If I'm a guy, a human, covered in plate mail, uh, am I going to just walk down a dark corridor that I can't see? Like... You know, kind of right. And a couple of times, he, deal, he but... after he got used to it, and Chris as well. Like uh, Chris, who was also the human, was Captain Crinch, Captain Chris for our our uh, Klingons and Dragons crew. Right, right. Uh, was uh, he decided to just hang out with the people that could see further or had the light sources? Actually, Captain yeah, Chris right. lit up a torch so and stayed in the back so that he could have yeah. something. And then um, other people, Pat was like, "I'm just going to sit here until everybody else comes up with the torches and the, and the light sources and stuff." Uh, so so that was that yeah, was a new experience funny. for for D and D that right. we got to um, do, and it's it was it was not as easy for me to see because I was the 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 DM and I have the DM view, so I see the whole map. You see everything, right? So yeah. I wouldn't I did not necessarily realize that people were walking in places they couldn't see. It was also fun because we had times where pe- I had people around the corner and people couldn't see it. 
right? They would open up a door to a room yeah. and they would see a couple people in the room, but they didn't see other people in the room. So like I remember Captain Chris was coming around to a certain vantage point just so he could peek, literally peek around the corner and see what was there. So that was, again, very cool. That's hard to do in a, you know, world that you imagine. But that was fun. Right. That was that was a that was probably the biggest highlight. Um, I enjoyed running it. It's always fun playing with people. And you know, I will say that DMing Fifth Edition was like just like they say, getting on a bicycle. Which you know, I, <laughs> I remember things immediately how how it works. Oh yeah, there's this. There's this. granted. Sometimes I will forget that things from second, third, and fourth edition. Right. Are, right. You know, I can't I've, remember how move worked. I've I've heard that from from DMs who've worked in multiple systems like you it starts to or not even multiple systems multiple versions right you get you get stuff confused like is this like this or like this you're gonna have to tell me because what i remember is probably from 20 years right ago. that's that's again how a lot of my prep spent that other week wasn't just preparing the maps it was also rereading the player's handbook and rereading dmg and rereading asking all the questions about like okay how does magic items work? How does rarity work? What's the XP scale for encounters? What's, you know, and going back and rereading that, like my iPad has been used a lot last week. So while I was still <laughs> running back, I didn't have to like re intensely read every section. I could just glance over it, you know, but it still was, was a very much a, you know, prepping. And then that day, thank God I had two monitors when we were playing. I had every character up on a tab, one of our, all of our players. I, and on the other screen, mm -hmm. I had, I had like a tab that was player's handbook and, and DMG opened up every tab opened up to a specific page that I wanted <laughs> plus the roll 20 thing and the campaign guide and the book in front of me. So I had like, yeah, technology, like if I could, I should have brought my iPad in with stuff, but whatever. Anyway, it was a, it was a technology thing that we did remote D and D. So I, I'm glad we did that. Yeah. Uh, hey, how about on Sunday? Something we also didn't get to moving on into like uh, games a little bit. We played Terraria, which you and I have played, but I think I played it a little bit further, but we got to do like what we would consider in MMOs a raid boss. Yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've we've done I've gotten in for a couple of these. This might have been the largest group. Usually we get about half a dozen people. And this was the this was the, the black temple of, of bosses in this pre hard mode game, right? Yeah, yeah. If you know anything about this game and if you haven't played you probably don't and me explaining it won't really help but it's the big transition where once you've killed all the other available bosses and the bosses in this game you summon some of them in specific places um you, you get an item drop that summons them and then uh well most of them are that way not all of them um and then you kill them and it unlocks something they drop some some cool stuff and maybe unlock a a new npc to come to your town or whatever um but this one was the last one in the first wave of normal mode bosses. There were certain like half a dozen or nine of them. Nine of them, I think, yeah. And then once you kill this one, the whole map... I mean, the map doesn't change. It sort of changes. It's complicated. <laughs> your, game, your game goes into hard mode, basically. Yeah. And so you'll get most of the same what have become pretty easily killable monsters, zombies and slimes and stuff, but you'll also get harder stuff that has higher <laughs> HP, does more damage, 
and is just generally uh, more deadly. Yeah, we and you also th- then unlock a whole new set of um, of nine bosses. Yeah, and and whole different sets of armor and skills and just a whole other game. We that that's that was probably the most enjoyable part for me was that um, turning. It's going to sound terrible for me to say that, but. Like when we mm. when we defeated the the wall of flesh is what we're talking about here. When we defeated the yep. wall of flesh, it was fairly easy. We'd all geared up to to be pretty good. We'd over prepped like we 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 do, we're and it's that's a good thing. Yep. Um. So we we farmed him pretty great, but then as soon as we go back into town, people were like, I, "I'm just keep dying." And why are these guys? They the things mm. that they took for <laughs> granted as easy little things were hard right right and that's just the zombie level stuff and they were constant the things it just became like a real game again instead of like i'm i'm king of the castle type stuff um which is which to me is fun because it, it gives a challenge that i have to yeah overcome. it puts it, it it puts it in a new phase it's a little bit i went through this with world of warcraft when i went back to retail after we played classic um classic is so much more challenging than the retail game that when i got back in retail you know, I had my mage and she was pretty uh, decently geared. And so I could just run around and do quests and I would just, you know, two fireballs would kill anything. Yep. And then um, the new patch dropped and two new um, zones were added. Right. And But those zones were uh, tuned to people who have been raiding and have really good gear. You know, people with gear slightly better than mine. Yeah. And... So I go in there and I'm like, oh, cool, I'll hit this. And then like, you know, a murloc aggro's onto me and then I die. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I did not die as like I died a lot in classic, but I I was not as invincible in retail as I seem to remember, <laughs> though. I'm I'm playing a mage. And for most of my WoW career, I played a, a protection paladin. So you don't you kill things slow, but you don't die as a as a protection. paladin, Right. Yeah, we, we uh, in general, we were de- most of our people were definitely in that mode of like, oh, I can just run into things. It's no big deal. I can just handle whatever. And then people were dying in, in the house type stuff from from just doing normal things. <laughs> right, right. We we've had we had regions of our of our or areas of our town and our house that were just, you know, not not necessarily safe. Mobs could still spawn there, but like the NPC merchants would take them out. They're just like oozes mm-hmm. and level one zombies and stuff. And now we're at a place where we would have to actually take steps to make that. There's there's nothing really like that. I compare this game a lot to Minecraft, but you you get to that point in Minecraft too where um, you've got a decent weapon, you've got good armor, and now you don't care. The zombies and stuff are just an annoyance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and there's no at least not since the last time I played, you can go to the Nether and there that stuff is more challenging. But there's nothing you do that suddenly makes the zombies and the skeletons more deadly or or adds any new mobs to the to the um main main world. and if i'm not mistaken correct me if i'm wrong in minecraft there's not a whole lot of reason to really go to the nether like you don't go there and get a lot of things right to the nether yeah i mean it's like a shortcut world but there's not like yeah it's i mean i think they are they 
have recently or are about to change all of that. The big advantage to me is the scaling. It's eight to one right. for the upper world. But um, there are definitely blocks and items down there that you can't get in the upper world. You know, the, yeah. the blocks that burn all the time or like the quartz. If you're going to, uh, David built a big Parthenon one time. And so he had to mine out a bunch of quartz from the nether to get that. Yeah, that's that's probably the biggest, I think, the biggest between Minecraft and Troy, besides being 2D and 3D and blocks versus sprites, is that is there's there is a definite progression in terraria now you you don't Mm -hmm. have to do the progression like right like you can just play the the building part of terraria totally and just have uh, slimes and zombies to deal with and that's it right but there is totally an optional progression part in that game that you can do if you would like to do and then if you all feel it you can change the entire gameplay mechanic of the world and do this hard mode type thing which which i appreciate i really appreciated that Today I can get on and build a massive castle or a tree house or a little mountain house or whatever, or get a better weapon or go hunt a dungeon or fight a boss, you know? So I, yeah, there, there are more goals built into the game. You don't always have to, uh, make up your own goal. Yeah. So, so we did that. We did that rating thing and we, we beat the, the thing, turn it over. We've not played. I've not, at least not jumped in there since. Um, so there's a whole nother whole nother thing out there the world becomes kind of a bit of a different game so uh i'm i'm excited to play it because the the, hopefully the bosses won't be as easy and we have to do a little bit of gearing and what um so i know thursday we watched blazing saddles Mm -hmm. which uh you've not really seen all the way through so not much to say on that one correct um we had trouble with the tech as usual and landed on some compromise solution didn't we go go um, back to just like a zoom thing like we just zoom streamed it we zoom streamed it which we hadn't tried before and actually worked really well right um, sometimes once, the once we, the most simplest I, that's where i'm falling on this tech stack stuff is that the simplest answer is almost usually the most the best one it, even if you give up one or two small things yeah i mean the part of it is that and part of it is some of these services like zoom and discord because they're um getting such a such a massive uptick in in use right now um they are you know iterating on and improving their their systems and their software um you know more regularly and so we're seeing like yeah maybe we had all these issues with zoom two three weeks ago and now all of it's working fine um it's what whatever was happening before they fixed right um and on tuesday i didn't get in on this but you guys tried a different um i think were you in that uh no i took that day off because i was doing D &D and school work work, working working on D &D and stuff they played um they did tabletopia right uh, tabletopia yeah wait didn't you play that i thought you played that no i got in and spectated i think i missed the start i think once i knew that we weren't um uh, picking a twilight imperium back up i uh decided to spend a little extra time with my family Mm -hmm. good um that evening and then by the time i got down uh to my computer the game had already started and so i just watched a little bit they were playing 
Z- I think they were playing Zularetto. Okay. I don't know if you've played I that. I have not played that. I haven't. I've played the dice version, but this was uh, the big one. Um, yeah, Tabletopia seems interesting. It's a it's a subscription, which is a little annoying, but all of the um, all of the content on it is curated. So there are no user created game modes like like TTS has uh, Tabletop Simulator, um, and only the host needs to pay for it. So it's like um, you know, running a Minecraft server or something like that. Like one person has to subscribe to get um, some of the premium features, and there is a free tier. So I don't quite know how that all works. Yeah, but um, so Trotsky pays for it, and there's a you know there's a library of games, and because they're not user created games, you know that they're all going to be you know fully fleshed out. Um, it seems like it has not as many features as Tabletop Simulator. It runs in a browser, so it's not that full 3D physics engine kind of thing, which is has its pluses and minuses, right? Like, you can't, uh, you know, do some of those full 3D things, but also nobody can just grab pieces and throw them, <laughs> right? Which yeah. is uh, kind of kind of um um refreshing after the chaos that tabletop simulator can sometimes be yeah but uh, yeah we, we yeah we came some, down to that at one. some point i think they came at some point we'll you and i'll use it and we'll maybe have more yeah they i think uh, they i i, I had heard a review of that that group not not a whole lot but they came down to the fact that it, the time is still more than it would be in real life like always the box it's always games are always longer than the box time anyway but this, but online is always longer anyway. Uh, it's it seems to be that even with a system that's curated, it still took two and a half times what was the box thing. So it was still longer than what. Yeah, I mean, was. I I do think some of that is first time tax, right? Like nobody, I mean, except for Trotsky, nobody had ever used Tabletopia, so there's going to be a little bit with that anyway. But. Yeah, I mean, I, so I think there's a combination, right, of learning the technology and also just, yeah, uh, you know, the the times on the box do seem to be generally the, like, how long it takes when everybody already knows everything, knows all the rules and uh, and remembers them and can make turns efficiently in our well, attention. Well, not just it's that. Like I, I think that the, optimal. The, the big thing for me to, to, to listen to was, was the idea that, like, I, I think it's always been a frustrating to me thing that the idea that like, Oh, the interface is terrible. That's what's causing the problems instead of the, the, just the new reality of playing games on an online environment adds a significant point or part of time. And I think that's, that's what happened there because uh, the week before they had played mis- uh, not Mysterium. What's the, uh, they played a cooperative game and it went pretty well. Uh, Horrified. Horrified. And they played a cooperative game and it went really well and, and it came not, not so long over because that game kept everyone engaged throughout. Um, right. the, and, and so I guess, I mean, we still have another week to see, you know, give Tabletopia a little bit more of a, a chance. But I, the way I understand it is that every game is different. So you have to kind of learn how the interface works anyway from, from different games in Tabletopia. Um, so the, the, it's, 
it's going to always be longer and it's just a new reality of playing board games online is going to take longer just because of the reality of how we all interact with each other people talking over each other people not being engaged or because they're online you don't see each other moving pieces all that kind of stuff so you know yeah. board gaming online is still fun it just takes more work to stay engaged to it i think <laughs> right yeah i mean that's that's the biggest i mean maybe not the biggest you know people technical problems and whatever but um for me, definitely, like, distraction is one of the biggest things that, that slows things down. Um, but, yeah, there's there's just a lot to it, and it's just different, right? Like like anything. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, t- uh, speaking of games that we played this, this last week, Sid and I spent some time. Um, I make sure that, that I have lots of time that I spend with, with Sid the whole time because we, while we're still in the same house together, we still make sure that we want to have our own space and do our own things. Uh, but we, mm-hmm. we do make sure we have family time and we always have dinner and then we do spend time doing stuff or play board games together. Uh, this last weekend, we our t- time together has been play, picking up Diablo 3 again. Um, oh. We're playing it on the PlayStation. I wonder if that does cross-play across the systems. Like, I know... The consoles don't cross-play with PC, but I wonder if the PlayStation cross-plays like with a Switch. Uh, that I don't know. I, I know that it doesn't for the PC because the builds are different. Like, the The games are so different. Yeah. I mean, they're both Diablo and you're doing the same thing, but like the scaling and the, the Nephilim globes and stuff are complete. You, you've got a roll in uh, like a, like a, a tumble yeah. roll in consoles that you don't have on PC. Yeah. So there's, there's... I know... I know Sony is not great with crossplay, um, and neither is Nintendo for that matter. Right. Well, um, I think they're getting better. I think. I mean, I you see it pop up occasionally, like Dauntless we talked about the other day. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't know what has to come together in all of the world to make that happen. But like Dauntless is every system, and that is. I mean it. It's ridiculous. It helps if your game is small, right? Dauntless is a small game. I, um, I don't know if it matters on the small game, right? Like. I, I think the I think the whole idea is well. That, there's more. There's more you have to make work, right? Yeah. Like you gotta get all. I mean, that's why the console version of of Diablo is so different because they built the original version for PC, and you're like, how do you do all these things? How do you do inventory management, um, um, without a mouse? Right. You've got to figure that out. You've got to solve all of these problems. Like, yes, getting across the three consoles is probably just an issue of. Um, maybe using the right framework that's compatible with the different hardware, but crossing between consoles and PCs is the big like. You got to make sure that the that the um uh, the interface, the user experience is is good for for everybody. Right, and I, and I think that the key there is that you start with the console first. You start with you sorry, you start with the controller first because the controller is more limited right. in inputs. And, and then when you do yeah. that and you figure that out, then you can cross play to PC. But that's a whole other rabbit trail we don't want to go into today. But I, I think mm-hmm. that, that that's where we all want to be, though, right? We all want to be where we can, like, I, Dauntless happened for us in our group for the short time we played it because of that. Because it didn't matter what in, thing you wanted to, you could just hop in and play it. And that yeah. was, the, and they can do that. That's, that's, that means it's possible. It's a total thing. That Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, PCs all can 
work together and have happen. It just has to be the company that can make that happen somehow. Yeah. And as a, as a, I mean, I don't, I don't make games, but as a programmer, like I recognize the difficulties and complexities before you even get to the, um, you know, the lawyers, right? Uh, yeah, who, yeah, right? Who owns the rights to what game and who wants to have that game exclusive so that they can sell more consoles, like that right. whole mess. But just the technical side of it, like I recognize how difficult it is, especially you get into any kind of PvP and then it becomes, you know, a problem because, uh, you know, anybody with a mouse in a game that has aiming is at a clear advantage. Don't at me. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, just for for me and my friends and our good times, like, yeah, I would like to be able to play, I mean, I would love to be able to play Diablo on my Switch if I'm on a car ride, and then come home and play that same character setup on my PC when my friends with PCs get on a plane. I can't do that, and it's a bummer. Yeah, I, I and it, it fractures people. We, like, uh, my buddy Bill had at one of the Xbox PlayStation iterations uh, decided that he had more friends playing uh, Call of Duty, which he plays and prefers on the Xbox yep. than the PlayStation. And I occasionally play Call of Duty, play, but I played a lot of Battlefield games, which he didn't play as much of. Uh, so he opted to buy a an Xbox and plays with them. Uh, but that kind of leaves me out from playing any Call of Duty games with him, right? And that's kind of silly. Right. That that's even a thing that that should that should be. So we got a new we got a new console generation coming up, supposedly this year. PlayStation's uh, set to launch this December or sorry this holiday season. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, COVID can change everything, obviously. Um, right. But uh, that's when it's set to to to, to go. So we'll hopefully, man, we're supposed to see these kind of hear these kind of announcements now, which you would usually hear them at big conventions. E3 and game oh, developers, you'd, you'd hear about it. Fe- it, it feels like so long ago when we were saying like, man, I wonder if this is going to, if they're going to cancel E3 because the, the thing, like the, the amount that things have escalated, not that, you know, yeah. we're in, not that we're in a, in a disaster movie or anything, but, um, I don't know. We're, uh, we're getting close because, uh, we're, we're, Comic-Con just a, got canceled. Yeah. We're maybe in a, in a, slightly boring action movie there's no yeah, the, action sequences like i haven't seen jeff goldblum anywhere uploading a virus into an alien spaceship right the the the, but, the odd thing i was thinking about this not to go back to our covid thing too much but like as i was driving down the road i was thinking you know you're right boring boring zombie plague is how this actually would probably play out with the zombie plague did happen this is probably the world we would be living in where everyone would be sheltering in place it would be all sorts of like how you kill the person that dies next to you first and it would just be a very boring epidemic it wouldn't have yeah, hordes of zombies people, happening there would be people having a good time and joking and there would be flat earthers on facebook saying the zombies weren't real right and yeah and then yeah. and you would have pe- people like this is very serious and our whole family was wiped out but then there would also be you know governments and there would be armies and there would be you know doing the things that they're doing now it would be right, people working right. from home still you know so it's yeah that they would it would not be as fun for tv in a real pandemic which we're living through a real pandemic right now i mean like 
like most things in life, did not make good TV. This so. not make good TV. That's, that's so, no different from anything else. But to to go back, yeah. the one thing I was going to say, you were talking about consoles. A lot of the console manufacturers this time around seem to be trying to make this cloud gaming thing work. And I yeah. know we've talked about like uh, NVIDIA GeForce Now. Our buddy Trotsky is using uh, Shadow to do a bunch of um, PC gaming because he only has uh, Mac computers hey what's the news um, what's the current news have you heard anything about stadia like that launched right that that's a thing yes i think so that's google's solution i i'll say for me and, and this is just me i mention all the time i have crappy internet uh so none of these solutions are viable for me oh, yeah, right, um, yeah. i did test out uh geforce now and i was able to technically play star trek online i didn't do anything i didn't complete any quests or anything but i ran around uh starbase one and the frame rate was okay the quality was you know about like a youtube video in 2006 (laughs) um but that's my internet that's not geforce now right um i'll probably be getting that this week by the way i think we just we found out that we realized that i have a laptop that is you know too slow for things but sydney can still play that can run it yeah i think that's the that's the the target market there is for people with just okay hardware but good internet yeah um the uh the stadia has, has not really interested me because it's more like i think you have to buy the games like maybe some of them come with the subscription yeah but that's what i hear the 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 big hook of um geforce now to me is that you just log into your steam account and they don't have all the games yet because it's brand new but um for the ones it does have you just log in like i logged in to um steam and then a perfect world or whatever star trek online is on uh arc i forget games yeah yeah or perfect world (laughs) or whatever they are now perfect world like the the everything that's not wow or um maybe the the um final fantasy has always stayed square square enix and and um elder scrolls will probably always be maybe always but has always been um bethesda and stuff yeah uh, bethesda yeah um you know the like the companies get bought and sold or change their name and you're like what is this now? Is this the same company or did it, or did a different company buy the, buy the game or buy the whole company? It's a right. whole right. thing. Well, even, even Blizzard is technically Activision Blizzard, but right. anyway, um, I fired that up and logged into it and I had my same characters, all my stuff. Like that's more appealing to me than another platform where I have to buy another copy of the same games I already own. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. And I, I, I know it's a pretty affordable buy-in but it had a lot of it had a lot of talk and i just have not heard a lot about it since then so i don't know what whatever really happened with that the um well the the we we mentioned that um comic-con got canceled and that's that's one week dangerously close to our very beloved gen con uh so we're all very very nervous about you know i mean not nervous because I think all of us are terrified that it's all we all know it's what's going to be happen anyway. It's going to be canceled. Hmm. We just don't want to actually hear it, right? It's one of those things like you know it's it's the thing. Just don't tell me about it, and I won't know it's a real thing. 
Um, I mean, if you asked me to name the opposite of social distancing, like I might say going to a, a music show at the Bluebird. Yeah. Right. With a, yeah. with a small. I mean, that's a small, a couple hundred people. Right. But man, the lack of social distancing at Gen Con. <laughs> yeah. Just like n- nerds with giant backpacks bumping into each other and packed into the thousands of people from all over the world all packed in. I mean, that's why this stuff is getting canceled. Yeah, all, all right? touching the exact the, same things. Yes. It's the opposite of like people touching the same doorknobs and then they're flying in from all over the country like that's great for the con all over the world terrible terrible for yeah i said country yeah Yeah. all over the world um just terrible for like flattening the curve yeah kind of thing yeah i mean i hate even hearing you say those things because it's so true it's just there's it's just impossible to think that that's not which makes me very very sad because it is one of the most you know joy things of, of the year um and it also takes you back to not just, you know, missing Gen Con itself, but like we have, we have our friends time that, that weekend. It's a, yeah. a whole experience and, and it's already hard enough for us to not see each other and hang out as friends uh, at times where like our Fox Gen Con or thing be canceled. But um, I mean, no, we're, we're wrapping this back. Always it does back to COVID, but the, like this Friday is Sydney's birthday and mm. that is, we're going to have to really face a thing like a really moment in life that it's going to be forever changed. Like she cannot have a birthday party. I mean, mm. we're, I'm hoping to try and get some people on some zoom and sing happy birthday some to zoom. her. Have you seen the thing? Um, some people do. I've not, uh, because I read Reddit, there aren't any kids on there, but, mm. um, people like, you know, having their 30th birthday or whatever, they'll, uh, use Photoshop to take pictures of themselves sitting in different, like in different chairs, sometimes with different clothes and <laughs> Photoshop it all together. So they're like, Oh, it's my party. Social. It's my birthday party, social distancing edition. And it's like just six copies of them all sitting around the table. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of uh, sad. I, I've got, I've got presents for her. We, we, I thought we were going to get some, some like a, the big, huge colossal cupcake things. But today, today she tells me she wants an actual cake. So, that means now, now as dad, I'm a little bit panicked because that was Monday, she told me, and it's Friday's her, her birthday. So I'm going to hope that Kroger will still make a cake for just she and I um, that that day. Um, but, you know, she's going to be 14 and she's got to have a birthday. She's got to have a birthday party, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Even if it's just us, I'm going to have cake. I'll, I'll blow up some balloons and <laughs> I'll, I'll do some streamers and stuff. But I, I got to, it just kind of sucks, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. she came and see her friends I mean, at school to say, oh, happy birthday, happy birthday type thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I will say for, um, I, I meant to say this when you we were talking about Gen Con, um, I'm hoping, and uh, you know, me, I'm not the, I'm not the hope and optimism guy, but if, if we could be at a place as a culture, state, whatever, where Gen Con is canceled and things could still be you know, on the uptick enough that we could still do a Fox Den Con style, like friends get together thing, even if we can't do full Gen Con craziness. Yeah, it's it's a little different now that we have. Like, so there's we, there's all, some, we all there's still already hope. get together anyway online. So <laughs> right, right. So that's, that's Fox well, Den yeah, Con I mean, is all the could, time now. So we we could do an online thing, and things things might be you know uh, uh, looking up enough that we can 
do an actual in-person thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, well it's it's going to be a thing we that hope. we all we all have to work with. But yeah, so we as it rolling it back even further, when we talk about console exclusives and and how different working together stuff works. Is that these are the kind of news announcements that we would have usually in this world by now at these conferences. And yes, around this time of year, yes, yeah. that that uh, companies can still do those, but they're very uncertain. They don't have employees working at their plant anymore. Developers and designers aren't working. All the, all the production that comes from China. Yeah, so they stuff. have no idea what they can or can't say. So it's and we were different. And we were fairly imminent on some of this stuff. Like uh, Sony and Microsoft both have had announcements or maybe maybe leaks. Mm-hmm. I know there, there are already starting to be rumors of an upgraded switch model for nintendo yeah um and yeah it's like all of that news is on hold like so many other things that's terrible by the way news on upgrades which they haven't even dropped the price on a normal switch yet stupid people (laughs) anyway the uh yeah so we're 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 seeing in other kind of news with that's related to that we have um some industries trying to find out ways to not just survive, but to shift their models. And I think the um, the theater, the movie industry is right now is probably having daily meetings about what are they going to do, if not weekly meetings with their big head of, heads of companies. Not about just staying in business, speaking of Disney, um, but also how do they shift their models now that this thing doesn't look like it's, I mean, even if they go back to a, and, and everyone can go out people aren't going to go back out so no. so so you know even, even if they say all of this, this shelter in place orders are lifted the movie theaters are going to have four people in it right the, the people who are going to be like yeah i don't care about covid but actually that's a small yeah. amount of people than the protesters want you to think um, like the, the the things that people um the things that people are missing right now are like big social interaction type things like the theater is like yes going to the theater is a is a social experience but you're in a dark room like uh you know supposed to be quiet anyway um you know people are not going to do that they're going to be you know wanting to go to restaurants and bars and and parks and playgrounds um like yes definitely people will be wanting to go to theaters but um the people who are really you know, um, um, I don't want to say obsessed. That's too negative of a word, but people who are really into like the big picture theater experience mm-hmm. probably have home theaters or if, you know, things are going dire, they're going to, they're going to spend their, uh, their stimulus check on a, on a bigger TV yeah. or a, or a surround sound. Like they're going to get by, they're not going to, uh, uh, go out and right, yeah i mean i'm you, you know me i'm a super movie buff and that i go yeah. as much as possible i have the amc ticket theater thing i want to go three times a week if i can go um but i just speaking to sydney a little bit today i'm like you know even if it opened up and the theaters opened up i i, I won't go very many places until she goes to her mom's room in the summer and then i've i make make i might make a risky move and do a risky thing like go out to where there are lots of people right and and i might get up the gumption maybe to go watch a movie with like full hazmat suit on. Right. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, get a, but that's get a really good and respirator. Me. And uh, that's me who, who goes all the time, even by themselves. So yeah, you're a guy who likes going to the theater and is not 
generally prone to paranoia. Right. Uh, so if that hits so. me, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, we see we see uh, the theaters are doing that uh, in some you know other news. We see Disney taking out a three billion dollar loan uh, to stay afloat because of their stuff, and they're working on ways to. They're even now. Their their big boards are talking about how do we how do we salvage this? this is not something that our parks business can can sustain through the rest of the year so we have to to shift um, we're starting to see Disney's the the one to 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 make some of the biggest moves we saw two of them this last week we saw their release Artemis Fowl is now no longer going to be released in the theaters and is going to be released on Disney Plus okay so that's that's a uh, I mean. Debatable how big that movie is going to be, but it was still they spent a lot of money on it, um, and it was going to be one of their summer releases. Uh, so now that's that's straight up. We're not we're not delaying it because I think all these delays are happening because they're hoping that it's going to go back to normal, quote unquote, right? Air quotes. Yeah. Well, they the, you know the ones that don't have a brand new streaming platform, re- you know, rely on that box office money to pay off investors and pay the actors and and all the crew the hundreds of people that it takes to make a movie yeah and and then we've seen other uh, companies go and i think it might be sony who did release their uh, trolls world tour thing there they mm. is past the, d- the date that they did instead of delaying it they put it digitally available online and then you can go in the you can go into the uh like walmart and actually buy it so it well it didn't even get released on theaters uh, Sydney and I were looking at that and you can rent it for $20. Um, I don't, I, I sort of said, I don't, okay. I don't blame that because they can have people, one person can rent it and everyone can watch it. Yeah. That's, that's what it is on, on Amazon or Apple. If you rent something that's brand new, right. It's pretty pricey. Right. I mean, it, cause it's, it's not even been seen cause it was not even in theaters. Right. <laughs> right. Right. All right. So it's, it's going to be. As this goes on and people have to, to shift their thoughts when they start realizing that, that income isn't happening and won't mm-hmm. happen and they start accepting the, the reality that this isn't a two, three, two week thing, four week thing. No. It's going to be no. a several months, maybe not shelter in place, but even a, a year long change to our interactions with people, how they make monumental shifts to their business, yeah. you know, type things. Yeah. So. We'll just keep watching that. And the games industry is one of them. Entertainment industry is another. I know that I'm getting. I mean, no, nothing is going to be unaffected. Yeah. I wonder I wonder when we're going to see things like right now. We're still seeing new content on Netflix, right? We're still seeing new content yeah. on, on Disney Plus. But those are all things that were already recorded. Well, we we talked last week about um, the things that pe- certain people in entertainment who work on a on a tighter um, a production schedule, I guess, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is maybe a good way to put that. Um, you know, like uh, Jimmy Fallon and and Saturday Night Live and some of those. Um, and so we'll see some of that kind of stuff. But yeah, really, until until things start clearing up, like you can't have a production crew making a movie or a TV show, you know, with any kind of uh you know, social distancing. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and we keep going back to the idea that, you know, every grip, every assistant, every mm-hmm. production mm-hmm. line, light lighting person is out of a job until that gets, you know, 
back up and ramped up and going. So, um, yeah. we got, we got to do what we can. And it, it does make me think about maybe I need to buy this movie. Like I would take Sydney mm. to go see trolls world tour. I, I would, I'd take her and, and Lola to go watch <laughs> sure. it. Why shouldn't sure. I just rent it for $20? Right. Yeah. Maybe I should, I would have spent $20 on it, you know, taking her to the, to yeah. the theater. Yeah. If you, if you were going to the theater, you definitely would have spent. $20. Right. I mean, actually, I wouldn't have because of the AMC things, whatever. But yes, but still, twenty. It's it's at yeah, least that yeah. to go to the thing, and I can make up some popcorn at home, and not have to complain about their ten dollar popcorn. So, <laughs> uh, you know, maybe I should, and, and I probably will. That's a really good thing. I, I think next this coming weekend, maybe I'll sit down and rent that movie as an example of paying my money to an industry that I enjoy, <laughs> and hopefully can can make some money off yeah, that. That's that's how it works. Well, speaking of movies, we're yeah. running a little long. Yeah, sure. Um, I, we've been sort of rambling all over topics but uh (laughs) let's talk about our 2020 challenge another another classic yes yeah classic um i meant to do a and i always not always but i often try to do this like do some research in between um, watching the movie and recording the podcast, but I also very often end up watching the movie on Sunday night. And so I really just have like during the day, um, <laughs> I did watch a very short, uh, YouTube video about this genre. And I should say the genre is before I go off talking, um, we're talking about the 1973, uh, Bruce Lee Kung Fu movie, enter the dragon. Well, can I say a few words about this first? I, the entire time I was kind of watching it, I kept thinking the same things. I kept thinking about like, what's Dennis going to say about this? What's Dennis going to, how's Dennis going to put this? <laughs> it's a weird thing because, because I kept thinking like, this movie is perfect for Dennis's list. Like, this is a perfect Dennis movie because somebody put, we got to put a Hong Kong movie on here. We got to put a Kung Fu movie on here. Mm-hmm. And, and this is the thing. And that what was, are you going to put? Are you going to put Crouching Tiger? Are you going to put some Jackie Chan? Right. Or are you going to go go de- like not all the way? Like I'm sure there was a there was a legacy of kung fu films before Bruce Lee, but Bruce Lee, I I you know I guess was probably like the um like the the turning point when it started to really become popular in. In the West or in the U.S.? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And, and that's, I don't really that's, know. I don't... That's when I kept thinking about it. It was like, like oh, yeah, yeah this, full... this fits Dennis's list perfectly. Like, this full is dis- a box full disclaimer. that you can put a thing into. Yeah. The full disclaimer at the, at the top of this is that I knew and still really know nothing about the kung fu genre. Um, <laughs> I, so, I've, I've watched so if several. There, if there are people out there listening to this that, that know a lot about this, feel free to to reach out to us emails if, if i if either of us say something wrong because i have i have no idea right. I, I actually looked up before i started watching this i went oh wait this says english is there a <laughs> don't, there... don't i don't i want the original like mandarin or cantonese version of then no it was made in english it's made in english it's, right? um, it's got the, it's, the dubbed I, over on purpose right yeah i kept thinking <clears throat> of um of course, because it's the only other movie on our list we've seen like this, uh, Good, Bad, and the Ugly, mm-hmm. right? The the spaghetti western, similar, you know, kind of production where the um, the focus of the of the artistry of the movie is the visuals, the visuals and the sound, and um, 
and you know the acting like all of the visual components and the um the dialogue is just there to carry those other elements um um along now in uh spaghetti western it's a little more kind of spectacle and like brief extreme uh, um periods of action where kung fu seems to be all about the fight choreography sure like everything else in the movie is in service of the fight choreography right and that and that's fine that it just is what this genre seems to be yeah i have i've watched several i want to say i want to say not a billion but i've watched several kung fu movies and i I Mm -hmm. enjoy the genre the genre i really do i love the the hokiness of it it's mm-hmm. it's just a fun kind of genre, <clears throat> but let me tell you, this is maybe spoilers for the ending of this conversation. Uh, this is not I something I would say is I almost nothing in this in this genre would I say is a you got to watch this you have to watch this before you die type thing because while no, while I mean, it does fit it's... into a box, okay, if there's boxes stack of boxes we have here to to put, yeah, it's a it's a thing where. Um... Yeah, well, I was I was gonna make a comparison to Spirited Away and having anime on the except Spirited Away is a really good story. Yeah, it's a, very a, it's a good enjoyable experience. Right? Movie this this genre is like and um maybe I don't know I don't we don't, we don't have time for me to to self analyze my my preference for different genres. <laughs> I think of certain genres take me back to um the romantic comedy genre uh rom-coms or we used to call chick flicks which is sexist so we don't say that anymore um but i one day well probably five ten years ago or something sat down in my apartment by myself on a on a bored saturday afternoon and rewatched when harry met sally yeah uh you know uh meg ryan Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh billy crystal and I was like, you know, there's something nice about this that I don't have to really think about it too much. I don't have to care. I don't have to, you know, watch really closely for the foreshadowing or the plot <laughs> twist or kind of, you know, try to wonder what different characters' motivations are or what they're going to do. Because uh, partly because I'd already seen it, but mm. partly because it's a formula and you know what it's going to be. It's just like a James Bond movie yeah, yeah. Uh, or um, I don't know. I, I imagine the fast and the furious and, and uh, transformers movies are like this to an extent. Right. Um, or like, uh, you know, I saw Pacific Rim and <laughs> right. some of the, some, some of those get in a space where you're like, uh, okay. Yeah. I see what you're trying to do here with like, people and their and their souls and their mental like you're getting too you're getting too hard with that it's like when um when romantic comedies will introduce a sci-fi element like uh we talked about yesterday uh oh, right, earlier yeah. this year or um uh the lake house with right, uh right. with keanu reeves um you're like okay yes this is a sci-fi thing but this is a romantic comedy or a or a romance movie like you don't you should definitely not be thinking about 
the mechanics of the time travel or <laughs> alternate universe or whatever. It doesn't matter how any of it works. What matters is this story between the man and woman or whatever. Um, and that's the same thing here. You 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 don't need yeah, this to is think this about exact kind of thing. Of I'm like, things. I'm like, okay, I'm watching and they're explaining this at, at some point, like two thirds, three quarters into the movie. I went, who is he working for again? What is he trying to find <laughs> What's out? What's the point here? Oh, yeah. he's part of this Shaolin uh, temple and they want him to investigate this rich guy in the island, which is a super like 60s trope, right. 60s movie trope, um, 60s, 70s, whatever. Um, and he is he's also running this dojo or whatever this this shaolin school and they suspect that he's doing something that he's not supposed to do he's bringing shame on, <laughs> shame all, on, on all of on all of the shaolin monks uh and i don't think monks they say martial artists all the time they um, do say shaolin they do say the, the shaolin temple or something they, they say shaolin they i don't do, think yeah. they say monks right. um and so you're gonna have you know these three guys and also a New Zealander thrown in there, kind of for as cannon a fodder, joke, maybe. yeah. Um, and uh, and that's a little bit similar to Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, also, where you've got these three kind of distinctly different um, um, characters, fighters, right. um, and then they they like introduce each one in a really overt, dramatic uh, flashback, flashbacks every time, right? And then and then you're just you're just action action scene to action scene there's this duel and then there's this duel and there's this guy and it's all this just big over the top foley work and the and the i don't know what you call the the karate sounds that they make <laughs> uh, well there's 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 that in the foley work i'm talking about the sounds that the people make or oh, more yeah. accurately the the dubbed over uh people do it reminds me of um uh, the fighting video games which i'm sure is backwards right like this inspired mortal Kombat, not the other way around right yeah sure um, yeah. but that like you know when they're like Wah, woo, oh yeah Wah. yeah it, bruce uh, lee bruce lee was the one that i i think inspired a lot of that and that that may yeah. be why this movie and bruce lee makes the list is that he was the one that that set the tone for everything so if there's any kind of cinematic kind of history here it's that bruce lee set that forward the whole wah, wah, type thing in there yeah <laughs> and, and every time you see like you know you watch um um daredevil on netflix and they you know matt murdoch will do this really long um uh physically involved fight with no cuts the camera will run for a long time we're like yeah that's that's this that's 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 a kung fu thing where you know you've got these guys and i thought of um i thought of newer things like people will say the big battle scenes in um in star wars uh there's probably some of this in fantasy things like game of thrones where um you know they'll they'll make it look good on screen using technology right okay. They'll they'll either have CGI fighters so that they can copy and paste things and flip it so that it looks so that it's all really good, yeah. Or 
in the case of Star Wars, they'll have people just kind of flail around <laughs> and then have and then have a team of animators put in the lightsabers and the blaster bolts and there's so much flashing lights happening on the screen um that it that it looks cool when you're sitting in the theater watching it for the first time <laughs> right um where this because it's just people and cameras like all of the choreography all of the fight fighting has to be real and so when like when the kick is kind of a little bit soft like you see it yeah um and so every time i think it said this in the credits like bruce lee did all of the all the fight choreography right so that was part of his part of his whole thing like he was this guy who had all of this skill but also could um and this physicality but also could plan and and orchestrate i mean like like Jackie Chan, like we wouldn't yeah, have right. Jackie Chan without Bruce Lee, right? Yeah, the the the, the Bruce Lee stuff is again. I, I try to think of like why this fits on a on on a thing, and this is why I kept thinking of the Dennis stuff. Is that like okay, it fits historically in a thing, and why we and and it propagated other things, and then and then I also think back to as we do as our, our temple example here is the Rocky Horror Picture Show of it's like. Uh, you and I didn't get it. I'm using air quotes here. We didn't get it, but, mm -hmm. but a lot of people's responses would be like, well, of course you don't get it. It's not supposed to be get, you have to just kind of get along with it. There's nothing to get. Type <laughs> thing. If you're trying to get it, you're getting too much. And I think that's what the response would be here. My, my, while I enjoy it and while I think, you know, I watch this genre for what it is, uh, this just doesn't, this doesn't belong on a list of a movie that is like, something that's the most entertaining thing that people should watch before they, they die type thing. It's fine. It's good, but it is, it is no better or no worse than any James Bond movie, which by the way, not one of them is on our list on this poster. No, we watched uh casino Royale. Oh wait, modern one. Right. No, sorry. I should say sixties. Uh, oh, no classic, si no classic sixties, yeah. James Bond, which those are just as, corny and hokey as this one was this one is like the example of corny and hokey i mean sure the, the guy who's like i'm surprised he didn't say jive turkey the whole time williams right <laughs> and and the, and yeah. the, the guy who's betting on betting on everything and has a betting addiction i was like this is such caricatures and terribleness the whole time it's it's intentionally i don't know if it's intentionally that way but that's how people are supposed to watch it now with this idea of hokiness and like it's yeah. super corny and makes no sense. It's it's pure entertainment, P right? But even today, I, if you look at it as a pure entertainment thing, it might have been in the seventies. I don't know how it is now. Like, I I would I couldn't I think, show any fifteen year old this movie sure. and they would enjoy it. Sure, I mean you know for all of my uh, you know tendencies toward pessimism, I. With with this kind of stuff, I try to, you know, I I take the the positive side of Devil's Advocate for whatever reason. <laughs> um, I appreciated that. So so for my way of thinking of like, you know, check off a box. Like, <laughs> sure. I I think right. Like we had one Charlie Chaplin film. We had one Alfred Hitchcock film. Um, 
right? Like we get a lot of that kind of stuff so that the poster doesn't become all Spielberg. Um, <laughs> sure. And, and I think it's, it's important to, again, you know, I say this a lot in the history of film, right? Like we watched good, the bad and the ugly, which is fine on its own, but to understand like the, you know, some of, some of the picks on the list are your favorite director's favorite director, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a thing. It's a, it's an example of a genre of a style that inspired so many things that came after it. Um, and Kung Fu is definitely one of those. And I think Kung Fu, at least for me, I can't speak to all of, uh, you know, f- modern film going audience in, in the U S in the Western world. Um, Kung Fu seems like one of those genres that's pretty obscure. Like there are people who are very into it. Um, but it seems more obscure to me than even anime. Maybe that's because I watch anime, but <laughs> um like everybody knows what romantic comedies are, right? And right. and there are people who are more into action films than 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 others. But to understand that this um this idea of the the of of choreographed fighting of fighting in character as a dance um was the origin for so many things that came after and so like like that historical significance is part of what i appreciated and the other thing that i impre- i appreciated in terms of what goes in what box like if you put this I think you could probably replace this with some Jackie Chan movie. I don't know which one because right. I've I've not seen all of them. I've seen but, a but couple. But then people would probably say, "Oh yeah, but that's inspired by Bruce Lee." Right? Right, and, exactly. And that's what they would And say. and and does it um for for what it's trying to show you is it is it any better? Like the idea of a James Bond movie I think you're getting everything you need in Casino Royale. Now, I wouldn't say, you know, you know, watch Spectre or Quantum of Solace, but um, you don't have to go back and, and deal with the the cultural issues of a, a Sean Connery Bond movie. You get the, the weight of emotion and everything that you need and the action and the, the thrills and everything of the James Bond type story in in casino royale yeah i don't know that like you watch a a, one of the fighting centric jackie chan movies probably not like rush hour but um i don't know drunken master or something um and the like it probably still has a goofy nonsensical story because the the whole point is is these fights and yeah he's gonna do more crazy stuff with props ladders and chairs and you know whatever else he can get his hands on like jumping and and doing all this parkour uh kind of stuff um but that's a different that's a different thing and knowing that in 1973 the technology was so limited yeah um made all of that stuff more impressive yeah, I, it it does. But again, from I, I, as we do on these 
things with the checkbox versus not checkbox stuff, it doesn't make it today as entertaining. It, I, I, like I said, when I, when I do, I show this to a 15, 16, 17 year old and say, <laughs> this is a movie you got to watch. You have to watch this movie. They would watch it and it would be like, it wasn't fun. I didn't get anything out of it. And you can tell me this old guy did this thing once upon a time. It doesn't mean anything else to me. Right. Mm. It, it just, it feels like a great big waste of time for the very small amount of educational thing you're going to get from it. Sure. Right. I think, yeah. And so I think, and maybe this is me, you know, action movies are not really my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're going to, if you're going to put on an action movie, um, this one seems just as valid as a newer one. Right, like they're all silly, so it doesn't matter. Well, like, you put I mean, it on, that, and you're just waiting know, that, for the fight. That kind of comes from a dentist. I don't like action movie things there a little bit. But, well, that's what I said, <laughs> right? I mean, because there there are a lot of shows that are action centric that have heavier storylines to them. Uh, yeah, that's that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you're if you're talking about a a movie that's just about action. Um, not just, but it is mostly about action, mostly about beautiful choreographed fights. If it's Crouching Tiger or, um, you know, granted, Crouching Tiger is probably like 20 years old already. But Right. Um, I say Crouching Tiger is a perfect example. It's got a great, beautiful story to it, but mm. also this over-the-top choreography type stuff, right? And music and sound and, and cinematography. And I mean, that, that's, that's, that's actually a really good example that you bring that up. It's like, if I was going to tell somebody to watch a movie that had to do with Kung Fu or something, Crouching Tiger is still like, what, 15 at least years old. Uh, mm. So it's not a new movie, but I would still tell them to watch that because it's got a full yeah. story that's entertaining and this Kung Fu-y type stuff to it, you know, yeah, that, or hero. That's fair. Or, um, that's fair. I think, I think that's, that's probably true. And in the, in the sense, you know, again, we go back to what is as a list, what's not on the list. I think most of the value of this movie comes from its its place in history. So, yeah, yeah, yeah for like sure. You're, you're not, you're not going to show it to a twelve year old, um, you know. Yeah, for for sure. This this is this is only on this list because it was one of the first inspirational of its kind. That that's the only reason, not because it's yeah. a masterpiece or it does amazing things with cinematography or directing or story or anything else. It's only on this list because it's Bruce Lee was so famous and made this kind of thing big. Right. Uh, like you said, historically. So anyway, that's, yeah. that, that's, that's putting my wrap up part of it. We didn't really talk about the movie itself because honestly, there's not a lot to this movie at all. Um, and he, and, and when you start talking about it, we would probably spend an hour just, um, discussing how totally dumb some of the things were, right? Like, <laughs> well, he just takes a rope with him on, on the thing. And he, he gets people killed when he goes out every time. And then, yeah, there's so bad. I, I will, I will say you mentioned it first, but I will reiterate cause I love it so much. It is 100% the full on inspiration for mortal Kombat, Like, Watching this, I'm a big Mortal Kombat fan. I'm like, oh, it's just Luke Kang and Johnny Cage. This is where Luke Kang and Johnny Cage come from. Is this right mm-hmm. here? The, those yeah. Ed Boon, the creator, did, thought nothing more than like, I want to make a video game of Enter the Dragon with with superpowers. 
<laughs> right, right, with a Hadouken. Right, yeah. Uh, okay, that's, so yeah, I, I would not put this Street one Fighter. on my list of hundreds. I appreciate it as a kung, kung fu thing because I like kung fu things, but definitely not going to tell someone like this is a top movie of 100 movie of all time to, to watch. Hmm. Um, what do we got for, for next time? Uh, next week, we're, we're pulling out another classic that is, that, that I believe, does hold up we'll 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 uh we'll affirm next week uh it's casablanca oh well that's a that's a big one bogey yeah that's uh i I have not i watched this once and i've not watched it in a while so it's been quite a while since i've seen it but uh i I I will i I don't remember a lot of the story i'm gonna have to i mean i remember enjoying it it was at least in my 30s yeah. when I, I watched it. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking then that I in, I was glad that I watched it and it had a story and I enjoyed the character. So I'm, I'm this is a good one to watch next so I can watch next week and see how I feel about it. Yeah, I think we're going to try and get our buddy Brian on to because it's his favorite movie. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. We're running long. So yeah, we, we good. Wrap this up. Yeah. Yeah. Let's 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 do this. All right, you've been listening to the Front Porches episode 139. Thanks as always to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. Um, I'm a week behind on Klingons and Dragons, but by the time this episode airs, I should have the next episode of that up. It's at KlingonsAndDragons.com. Star Trek Adventures role-playing podcast, not safe for work. You know how that goes. Uh, if you have questions or comments, you want to tell us your favorite kung fu or action movie in general, you can reach us via email, frontporchpod at gmail.com, or go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com. There's contact forms and all that stuff there. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe at all the places. Thanks as always for listening. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.